Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Pole Podcast. I'm Dan Crawford. Um, we're still searching for some positivity. Alan Drew is here. Perhaps he can find some because I'm struggling. How are you, Alan? I'm not very well at the minute, Dan, to be honest. <clears throat> no, I've suffering. And I've also, in the interest of full transparency, kept you waiting at least two hours before we've uh, started recording. Thank you, Thameslink. Um, for that <laughs> so my profuse apologies you're not very well and well we're, we're a few days on from the debacle that was the derby which we won't revisit a couple of interesting things about that seems like tim ream was told by the pjmol that it shouldn't have been a penalty um uh but he hasn't had an apology that came out of his podcast appearance earlier today. I mean, we we concluded that on our podcast uh, last week, but it's nice to have it confirmed, although it makes no blooming difference now. Um, and I know you're slightly disappointed that that I was charitable to the less fortunate neighbours. Uh, would you like to get that shot in early on me? I would, Dan. Um... Having listened to the podcast back, there was on more than two occasions where you paid compliments to the bus stop in Hounslow. Now, there's just certain things which don't need to be said. And I feel like complimenting them on more than one occasion is, is and it, you know, doesn't need to be done or said. We know they will run. And everything you said was correct. It just doesn't it, need man. to be said after we just got, you know, battered three nil against them. But we can move on now. Um, but yeah, we all knew at 20 past four on Saturday that it was never a penalty. Um, just a shame it's taking five days for them to come out and and apologise. Yeah, and then the the, the sort of the, the concerning part of all of this is we're a few days on from obviously the the departure of our former sense forward, um, and we're nowhere near closer to knowing whether we'll get it centre forward, obviously we have to. Uh, and Marco Silva's comments in his press conference today sort of hinted in his frustration, which is quite well founded. And I suspect shared by most of the fan base Al. Well that's it. I think everyone, fans, Silva, all of his coaching team are extremely frustrated that we've not had any signings through the door recently. It's been what, nearly a week since Mitrovic has, has left, although in some people's eyes he's, he's practically been gone for two months. Now, it's it's time to worry. I know we mentioned it after the Brentford game that, you know, we're slightly worried. But it seems like everyone we've been linked to either ain't coming or they've made moves elsewhere. Something's not right. Now, whether that's... Silva not pledging his his future, which is stopping the Khans from backing him. I, I don't know. It's now crunch time where we have seven days to sort out this mess. But then it's not only the seven days, it's it's then allowing the players time to, to gel in. And ideally, we need someone that's going to come in and hit the ground running. And when I say someone, I'm just talking about a striker. That's without the other three or four players that we need to get in as well. So it is frustrating. 
it's worrying, but I'm sure uh, Tony Khan's happy. He's got his wrestling event on the weekend um, while we just sit here and suffer. And well, we probably will suffer on Saturday at three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, as I say, you know, if you're looking for someone to cheer you up, lads, I don't think it's coming from Alan this evening. Um, or, or or any of us. <laughs> well, well I, I, I would just... I, I would just say that in respect of um, the centre forward, you know, some of the links are particularly underwhelming, shall we say. Um, Silver has gone as far as to say we won't be signing Moses King from, from, from Juventus. Um, he's been quite explicit about that, um, which is interesting because that was a player who, who worked with at Everton who we've been heavily linked to. It looks like Balogun from Arsenal is heading elsewhere. And we've now had the situation where, uh, and I, I, we should congratulate Joe Stansfield, that is the positivity um, that we might be able to elaborate on this evening. Joe Stansfield has signed a four-year contract, technically a five-year contract, and gone out to Birmingham City on loan for the remainder of the season. And one of the things we've we criticised previously with, with the football club is our inability to hold on to promising young players. We've all seen that Jay Stansfield is a very promising young footballer. He signed a long contract and he's going to get championship experience. But we're also loaning out somebody who's a striker when we haven't got somebody through the door. Positivity is that we 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 solidified Jay Stansfield, cemented his future at Fulham. Uh, as we did with uh, with Luke Harris um, last year, but uh, and Silver was a pain to point this out as he did just earlier on. It's not just the striking position, but clearly when you lose a player of Mitrovic's pedigree, that's paramount in the fans' minds at this point, isn't it? And everybody's mind. How are you going to score a goal when we score one against Everton and Aston Villa's result against Everton sort of throws that into sharper relief. And we didn't really look like threatening Brentford. Give or take Bobby Reed's little chip in the second half. So we do need bodies through the door. We do. And it's got to happen sooner rather than later. It's just, it's doom and gloom. You know, I think it was on Tuesday, you go on Twitter and there's talks of Bayern Munich wanting Tete. So, we're sort of in a catch-22 where I'm sure I'm not the only one where I just want to transfer window to hurry up and close. Um, but on the other hand, we needed to stay open for a little bit longer so we can get the much-needed additions to the squad. Now, if you look at it and go, well, our next two well, our next two league games are Arsenal away and City away, and you expect zero points from them, I think most teams in the Premier League expect nothing from those two outings. So, it's not a free hit as such, but there's not there won't be much pressure on a new striker coming in up until sort of the middle of September when we play Luton at home. But it it's just worrying. You don't know what link to believe now, what link's true. It's rumours are just rumours, but ours just seem to be getting caught out of thin air. And yeah, Jay Stansfield signing is, is definitely a good thing for the club. I hope he does really well at Birmingham. And I think Birmingham will push for top six in the championship next year. They were my outsiders for 
a playoff spot at least. So good luck to Birmingham, good luck to Jay Stansfield. And yeah, hopefully he comes back next season with us still in the Premier League and manages to get a first-team position. Well, it's a natural progression for him in respect of having experienced League One football. He's gone into the Championship. They've started really well, Blues. So that that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that wonders, have the club written off these next two fixtures, league fixtures, rather like we have, and sort of thought, well, let's concentrate on getting the right player and the right names into the into the squad because we do know that the current ownership they like to shop in the bargain aisle of the supermarket if you like I've heard it described <laughs> as a trolley dash right at the end of the transfer window that is our preferred modus operandi but we are even by Fulham's standards this is sort of throwing all the balls up in the air and kind of seeing where they land isn't it I mean it, 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 it seems bizarre, frankly. It wouldn't be the way you would, wouldn't be the most, um, the most prudent way to run a run a football club at this point. No, and it it, it just makes you wonder why mistakes are never learned. I thought like, last season in particular, at the start of the window, we made our signings early, we made our intentions clear that you know. We want to have a good season. We want to stay in the Premier League and we want to do well. Now, that's probably the first time under the Khan's reign where we made signings early. And it's no coincidence that, you know, we had a good season on the back of it. Whenever we've signed players late on in the window or when the season started, that's when things have gone downhill. You know, yes, okay, previously, you can go back as long as Danny Murphy, if you like, he was signed late on in the window. Um, and he was phenomenal for us, but it's very rare that... It was the exception to the rule of that transfer window. But, uh, Laurie Sanchez was at the helm then, and some of those signings were not good. Oh. Yeah, and I mentioned Danny Murphy because I actually listened to his um, Fulham Fix podcast with Ivan Berry earlier. It's a brilliant interview, um, if, if listeners haven't heard it. I definitely go on and it's an hour and a half long, but it's brilliant. Um, but back to back to now. Oh Dan, how how hard is it to sign a player, a decent player, a player that's going to well, work? I, don't know. I mean, look, look, look. it is hard. <laughs> let's let's be honest about it. But the the circumstances that we put ourselves in. If you add another two defeats to the, if we're being really defeatist. You know, by the time we're scrambling around on transfer deadline day, we might be in the relegation zone. Um, if you pay attention to the to the league table, but players do, and they pick up on the vibes. Um, and it's it'll be more difficult to attract players. But let's as bizarre as this sounds, having opened this sort of Pandora's box, let's skip away from that now and, and focus on what is a horribly daunting task of going to the Emirates on Saturday. I know you're really looking forward to it. You've got to shake off this um, horrible bug that you've got to uh, to get yourself up to North London. Is there any solace to be taken from the fact that we pushed Arsenal really close on their patch last season? 
Any, um, can you can you can we take any positivity from the fact that, in fact, not just Arsenal but Manchester City, uh, in the corresponding fixtures last year, were two of our probably two of our best performances, um, certainly away from home, uh, in the league. So yeah, it's just, uh, I suppose I heard a stat earlier. We played Arsenal away thirty times. We've lost 24 and we've drawn six. Now, it doesn't fill me with any optimism. However, it wouldn't be unlike Fulham to, to go out, put a performance in and walk away with, with a point. You know, I'm not going to rule it out completely because I do feel we're going to have Paulinho back. We're going to have Bassi in the squad. And the squad should be near enough full strength at this moment in time. It's just if Arsenal turn it on and we're 2-0 down within the sort of first 15, 20 minutes, it could be a really long afternoon for us. Well, I know you're on your want. way back on the uh, overground, back towards home, won't you? You said to me... Oh, absolutely. I'll be straight and... around if we're 2-0 down <laughs> quite early. And that's not, that's not what we need. Um, no. I, I would just say, on, on the away record at, at Arsenal... Um, we did win a 1920 London Senior Cup, 1919-1920 London Senior Cup match at Highbury. So the off-sighted stat that we've never won at Highbury is incorrect. Um, we have had some... Uh, we've never won at Arsenal, shall we say. Um, at Highbury, of course, we had Edwin van der Sar's heroics in 2003-04 that got us a point. Um, there was also... A, a very dour nil-nil draw under Roy Hodgson um, at the Emirates, and then there was there, there was a remarkable three-all draw at the Emirates where we were behind Dimitar Berbatov, Alex Kachaniklich, and uh, and and colleagues sparked a recovery. Arsenal then came back to three-all, and Mark Walter saved a penalty from Mikel Arteta. Right, the death. Um, uh, that was a remarkable day. I think you were there that day, Al, because I remember I was bumping <clears throat> into you on the concourse, joyously cavorting about celebrating a three-all draw. Um, <laughs> the, it, though, there are the, so, so it's not beyond question. And I watched <laughs> Arsenal at Crystal Palace. Dare I say it? They, they, you know, there are ways in which we can get at this Arsenal side, but it's asking a lot, isn't it, at this point? It is, and it, it's not often we go to the Emirates and get absolutely brushed aside. I think we've only really lost by more than one goal on maybe two or three occasions. So I expect us to be competitive. Uh, I think the team selection is going to be important. Uh I feel I feel the game's made for Traore if he's if he's fit enough. Um because we're gonna need legs to get us up the pitch as quick as possible. Um because otherwise we're just gonna be camping sort of around our eighteen yard box and it's gonna be a long afternoon anyway. But we have to go there with with the outlook that it's a free hit. I'm just slightly concerned that with the summer we've we've had so far, uh the players that have left the lack of incomings uh, and the happy silver 
unhappy fan base at the minute. It's just not a great mixture to sort of go into a game against Arsenal on Saturday. So it's either going to go one or two ways for me. We're either going to get brushed aside convincingly and it's going to hurt or we're going to be competitive and maybe... maybe Maybe may still hurt. May still hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it might even but, be worse. What would you prefer? Getting absolutely destroyed and having it clearly um, defined for us that this season is going to be really hard and perhaps convincing the ownership that they need to spend money, big money, on the squad in a sort of panicked reaction. Or the defeat we had last year, which... You know, it's a year later, Al, and I'm still not over it. You know, <laughs> I'm still looking well, at that game, and there are elements of that game where, particularly the the Arsenal winner, you know, I'd still contend that that's not a goal. Um, it's not. It, it should never have stood. <laughs> but I suppose go, going back to your point, whether whether I want us to get brushed aside or a repeat of last season. It's it's a tale of two two evils, isn't it? It's if you want to if you want to lose somehow, you obviously want to give it a good go. But our season's not going to be defined at the Emirates. Our season won't be defined when we go to Etihad um, next Saturday. Our season will be defined against the likes of Luton, Everton. You know the teams that we should but be isn't beating. Isn't that underwhelming in, in itself? Rounds. You know, no, because. Shouldn't we, be, shouldn't we be in a position where we're looking at where we are in the Premier League now and saying, right, Marco Silva has an innate confidence in his own managerial ability and the viability of Fulham as a Premier League club to push on. Um, the problem has been in the... In our, in our recent Premier League history, we haven't been able to get those results against the top six. You know, we stayed up, we were comfortable last season because actually what Fulham managed to do was beat all the teams um, in and around the relegated. You know, we were, we were strong against the bottom five or six. You know, I, and I, I look at it, let, let, let's flip it on its head. Um, this is not a game where we can play the kind of expansive football that we we love watching Fulham play because if we go absolutely toe to toe to with Arsenal, they're just going to pick us off very easily. Similarly, yeah, there's only one team in the league that can go toe to toe with Arsenal at this moment in time, and that's Manchester City. And that, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, right. So we have to play a sort of intelligent counter-attacking game. But we also, it's a mentality thing. Marco will demand a reaction from his players because we were not there. We were not at it um, at the level required for a derby last week. No. Um, nowhere near. And that but would then, have hurt him and hurt his sense of professionalism. It um, would, but I suppose when you look at it, how many times last season without Paulinho did we turn up and look flat? I know we've mentioned Paulinho on here numerous occasions, but he's so pivotal to us. Now, but we I, can't, I fully get, can't get his tempo just from one bloke. There's ten other. Well, you say that. Yeah. No, I I get that, but the defense feel more confident with Paulinho in front of them. The midfield midfielders in front of Paulinho feel more confident that 
okay, if they play a risky pass and they lose the ball, Paulini is going to be there to to clear up the mess. But I I, I just feel when when Paulini is in that squad, we're a lot better. Than, you yeah, notice the better, tempo. Sorry. You you notice the tempo is different. Um, and I'm hoping that's all it is. The fact he wasn't in the squad for the first two games, and we see that reaction that we all want. Ideally, all all we want on Saturday is to go out, give a good account of ourselves, not get battered, and just walk away from there Saturday at five o'clock feeling positive about the next few fixtures. We all don't want to be walking away from there getting hammered and just looking looking with despair for the next sort of few weeks. No, and, and so on that point then, um, how, we, how are you setting the team up? In respect of obviously Calvin Bassey basically has to come in because I don't see a scenario. Tosin is obviously deciding what he's going to do, but that if you're putting money on it, you'd bet on him being gone by the transfer window, I think, at this point. Yeah, um, yeah he's pretty nailed on to go Tottenham, isn't he? So, well, don't know. And the interesting one is this. Let me let me try you on the uh, Eric Dyer uh, swapsy, or even Eric Dyer on a free or with a small nominal fee. How are you feeling about the idea of Eric Dyer playing, reuniting with Marco Silva? Um, could he do a job, or are you not sold on that? He brings Premier League experience. Um, that's probably the most positivity you're going to get out of me with Eric Dyer. But look. Is he better than Diop at this moment in time? Mm, I don't know. Um, obviously, Dyer's proved it more times than not. Playing for you, don't, you know, you're not you don't play for Tottenham if you're a bad player. I just, it's just slightly underwhelming. I suppose is the best way to put it. Well, I'm like if he looking does... at it and thinking his versatility is a argument in his favour. He can play as a centre back. But he's probably, you know, if you put Dyer next to Polina in central in defensive central midfield, there aren't going to be many teams who are going to play through it. And of course, he's a fluent Portuguese speaker from his time in Portugal. And, you know, technically he's pretty good. You don't get 49 caps for England without without being uh, you know, being a donkey, because we've graduated on from Graham Taylor's time, God rest his soul. I don't mean to be flippant about it, but, you know, you have to be a decent footballer to play to feature for England. Uh, True, but... Go on. It's a valid point, but we're not not blessed in that area of the pitch. No. As an England national team, we don't really have many... Neither are we as well. I would say that one of the two areas we need to strengthen are defensively, where he can play... He's played as a right-back before. I'm not recommending he does it again. But he can fill yeah. a defensive positions. He can fill a defensive midfield position. And I reckon he'd be good in the dressing room. But it was just interesting because we were talking about Tosin. But let's get back to the previous question I asked you. Your team selection? My where... team selection would be Leno in goal. And obviously, he picked himself. Tete... Diop, Bassi, Robinson, uh, and then you go Paulinia, Reed. As much as much as I've praised Lukic, 
I just feel if you're playing Paulinho, you need legs beside him. Uh, and I just think Reed gives you that bit more, the bit more fight up, you know, gives you that bit more willingness to, to put a tackle in, to run the full length of the pitch, chase after lost causes. Um, and then in front of them, uh, Williams, a, a doubt, I think Silva come out and said earlier. So you go Wilson on the right. Andreas, if he's fit, if not, you play Kearney, which slightly worries me against Arsenal. Um, and then you can play Bobby Reed on the, on the left. With I'd start Vinicius up top uh, if he's staying. Um, just slightly concerned that he didn't come on last week. Although I realise I've just made a mistake. I don't want to play Wilson. I want to play Adama Traore. <laughs> Traore up there. Because um, then you've got the outlook. Fitness with a couple of these, isn't it? Traore it is. and Pereira. Traore is someone who, you know, he would have had a week of training, but is he match sharp? He won't have had any match practice. He barely got any time in the previous game simply because it was so late when we brought brought him on. Um, and it's a big shout. Um, but You can put Paulinho in that bracket. Yeah, he's not had any he had just a little bit more game time than than Troy or as a substitute. You know, he had more match time. But you're not. You've got to play Polina. You know, yeah, you've got I'll, no choice. <laughs> go, go as far as to say Polina's not in the team. Shit, on the te- in the team on Saturday, I'm turning around and going home. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, I'm with you on that. So it's interesting, and you, you'd go Vinicius through the middle. Um, I think it's harsh on Raul Jimenez for the simple reason. No, I need you can't play Jimenez on Saturday if Vinicius is, is available simply because, as we pointed out already, we're not going to have much of the ball, so we need to have an out an out point, and our out point on Saturday will be two players. It'll be Vinicius to to win the the ball in the air and hold the ball up, and it'll be Traore to to just run the flank when at every possible opportunity. I think if you, you play Raul through the middle on, on Saturday, you're just asking for trouble. Um, but he's not, he's sure. not quite 100%. I mean, yeah, I, I see the logic in your, in your argument, but Carlos hasn't done, hasn't played any minutes at all. Um, see, see, Dan, as we're, as we're discussing this, it's just making me worry even more because not only are we not signing anyone, a few key players in our squad aren't, aren't anywhere near fit. And we're heading to the Emirates on Saturday, hoping to keep it below six. It's nice to see you throwing a ray of sunshine down on that one. I mean, we do have another option, which is that we will have a League Cup tie on the heels of this game, which is an opportunity for some people to get some match time. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're being very realistic in this in the in this podcast and laying out why the, the logically there seems no chance of us really upsetting Arsenal. But I wanted to drill down before we finish. You know, Arsenal are fallible. Crystal Palace gave them a gave them a game. Um, we've given them a game. They're defensively suspect. You only have to recall the way we scored a goal at the Emirates 
last season through a dreadful defensive mistake. Um, and we are capable of being defensively solid. You saw it for a long time at, at, at Arsenal. We managed it um, at Old Trafford in that FA Cup tie before everything went wrong. Away from home last season, we were fairly solid. We did it at Everton. Obviously, the calibre of some of these teams is is different, but we are able to play without the ball. Um, it's just a question of the game plan has to be right, and we also have to have more dynamism and energy in our play in the midfield and in the final third than we've managed so far, don't we? We do. Uh, and I think the first 15 minutes is going to be vital for us. If it's still nil-nil after 15, 20 minutes, we, we then, we've then laid the first foundation to build up. You, if we concede early, that's one thing we can't do on Saturday. And again, I sound really negative, really defeatist. I'm just... Only from I'm just a worried for a play for a long time now, isn't it? But this is it. And the thing is, whenever you go to somewhere like Arsenal, you need a, you need a bit of luck. Um, and I don't think we've had much. We didn't have any in the last game. I think we rode our luck a fair bit against Everton. Um, so it does sort of swing in roundabouts. But yeah, I, I just want to see a bit of effort on Saturday. What team would you go for, Dan? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm roughly in the same ballpark as you because, frankly, as we've laid out, there isn't much choice for Marco with the uh, unless we're going to bring in a surfeit of signings before twelve noon tomorrow, and suddenly has a whole new eleven to pick from. I mean, that would be remarkable. Um, I think you've got to look to the back five as you've laid it out. I think uh, we'll look to Tete and Robinson to get forward. I would play Reed and Polina in in front of that back five, and then probably with your your three. My only change would be I I want to give Raúl Jiménez another go because I think he has ability in terms of dropping deeper and linking the play that is um exceptional, um, and he's not going to get better by sitting on the bench. He's someone who himself hasn't had much first-team football. Um, I'm attracted to the idea of playing Vinicius. I just don't think Marco will do that. You know, he had the opportunity to put Vinicius on and he chose not to. And he, we, we don't really know why. Um, and I suspect we won't because uh, we've had a press conference and I don't think it was raised um, in that press conference. If it was, it's passed me by. Um, but you don't have a lot of choice. It's sort of, um, I, I think matches like these, this will be a test of our grit and determination. And it's as much about fighting and scrapping and proving that last week was a bad day at the office rather than routine. And that defeat would have stunned a number of people in the Fulham starting lineup and in the squad. Now, a lot of people will know that they didn't put their best version of themselves there in a derby. And we do tend to rate, you know, players will raise their game against illustrious opponents. You know, if only to to say, well look, I belong at this exalt on this exalted stage. So that's what I'm hoping for, but it is very much hoping. We we travel in hope rather than expectation, as we often have as Fulham fans, Alan. Um 
and that's what I can offer you. Uh, we we do have to uh, put some predictions in uh, for this fixture, Alan. Uh, you know, you 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 put six in the equation. I'm hoping it's not another whole city. What are you going for? Um. I'm going to go with a 3-0 defeat. Okay. Well, I think Arsenal are going to win 2-1. Don't tell me how we're going to score. Might be off somebody. No, please. I, I'm amused. How are we going to score, Dan? Well, <laughs> it might be off somebody's backside at a corner. You know, we might... Somebody might strike... You're expecting a, a corner. Oh, absolutely. You are positive. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right. I mean, the positive or drunk, um, <laughs> one, one of the two, and it's not the latter, I have to say, unfortunately. Um, so, yes, that's where we are. Thank you to everyone who's been involved in our prediction league. Not many people got it right uh, last week. In fact, I don't think anyone did. Uh, but it's been well, uh, it, it's been a good source of uh, discussion uh, on the website. And, and thank you for everyone getting involved and, and supporting the Fulbrook Fund through that. Uh, less said about my fantasy Premier League selection from last week, which included Tim Ream in the back line, one of my more inspired decisions. But some people have had much better uh, fantasy Premier League weeks than, than me, Alan. I feel I might say that quite regularly during this season. Um, but yeah, the uh, I might have to activate the old transfers uh, before tomorrow for that one um i did want to to finish with a bit a couple of bits of information about um some of our other teams um i i, I was fortunate enough to uh head down to fratton park earlier this week to see our under 21s play portsmouth and they put in a magnificent performance to draw three all with portsmouth in the football league trophy um there was obviously a penalty shootout that followed that, and in true Fulham fashion, we we lost the penalty shootout. But they played forty five minutes with ten men. Um, some wonderful performances. A first goal for the under twenty ones for Chris Donnell from from Perth Glory. Uh, a lovely uh, finish from from Marshall Grotto, and one from Delano uh, McCoy Splat. Uh, a wonderful performance for, from Fulham's under-21s with some really good young players in there to, to get a good result against the team uh, doing well in League One um, so far. So so well done to them. Well done also to Fulham FC women who, by hook or by crook, um, they managed to get a draw against Ashford United in the first game of their league season through, an, through a penalty uh, scored by Megaly Mendes in the 90 plus fifth minute. Um, I feel like Megaly should um, should offer her services to everyone else connected with Fulham in terms of taking penalties because it was a very good one. High pressure penalty and she stuck it away. Uh, the under-21s were at Crystal Palace on Monday. Good luck to them. Uh, our women's team are at Dartford on Sunday. Uh, they very much welcome your support if you fancy uh, going along. Good luck to them. Uh, Alan, any other business from yourself before we uh, call it a night? 
I just want to congratulate you for going 30 minutes about complimenting that bus stop in Hounslow. <clears throat> so, Dan, well done. Thank you, I'm mate. I'm proud of you. And I, <laughs> I, I have to, again, again uh, not many people are proud of me. So, so I'm glad to, uh, to have restored some uh, sense of pride uh, in this podcast. Uh, thank but you. But one, for... one other thing I would like to add is, unfortunately, depending on how results go this weekend, it could be the first time in a few years that um, Chelsea have been above us in the uh, in the Premier League. So, um, well, don't no no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> Given the way that they've started the season. You know, they they could well get hammered every week and more that would be wonderful. So I would like to, I would like to say to Maurizio Pochettino, please follow in the footsteps of Graham Potter and Frank Lampard. <laughs> Continue doing a wonderful job, you know. <laughs> and it's just up to us to up our level, which I'm sure we will do. Uh, thank you to everyone for your kind words about Last week's effort, apart from Alan, who was very disparaging about my contribution to last week's podcast. I love you too, mate. Uh, thanks very much, everybody. Come on, you whites, and see you on Saturday at the Emirates, where we'll put in a performance, we hope. Take care, everybody. See you soon.